0: Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio. Oh, oh, oh. HeartHealthRadio.com. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor.
1: I often think that, no, it's information, entertainment, and uh, a way for you and I to get out our, Yeah, you know, know,
2: I had a good morning. I'm going to... Quickly, shot up my daughter Emily. She got yeah. first place, second place, and reserve champion in her hunter jumping class. Yes, yes. I, I got up at six a.m. Usually on Saturdays, I get up at nine. Yeah. Got out to the um, to the uh, what's it called? Were equestrian they, center? equestrian center. The horsey farm. The horsey farm, and she looks so good. Yeah, she had the hat, the helmet on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's
2: four eleven, and her horse is humongous.
3: Wow. So she,
2: she, I, she looks like this little tiny thing, a yes. creature, riding this big horse, and she she looks so good. So anyway, I'm shouting out my daughter, Emily.
1: Excellent. This is Heart Health Radio. He's Dr. Franklin Weefald. I'm Dave Alexander. Today we're talking about a wake-med doctor using antibodies on patients for COVID, um, the North Carolina distribution system, or at least the method— hasn't been flawless has, has
2: flawless been. is far away from what i would say
1: um and one of us here has gotten the COVID shot i got my COVID shot uh, friday how'd you do fine no I, um, arm didn't hurt it, it, no big deal and for those who are saying wait a minute dave's not 75 or even 65 or older and works you know, a, at a hospital I, I work at a place that is an enclosed facility Though well, we're it's not a hospital. A, right. But while we're not a medical center, there actually are active COVID patients within my facility. Yeah,
2: no, you definitely should have gotten it.
1: Well, the one of the, the the thing is whether it's a hospital or whether it's a, you know, a sort of an alternative school, it's a residential place. Right. And they are just hotbeds. If yeah. one person gets it, you know, they grab a doorknob, I, this is the thing. In my place, Everybody who leaves the building leaves the same way. Yeah, oh, touching really? the same nine There's only doorknobs. One exit. Well, there are more than one exit, but it's really inconvenient to use the other exits. The just main. Just climb out the window. No, the main exit, and every person heading in that direction is grabbing the same doorknob. So, uh, you know, they had to. They had you to can, do can't this for everybody.
2: Use your feet to open the door.
1: Yeah, I see people pulling their shirt down uh, or their shirt. You know, no, mm-hmm. I did. I, you got to grab the doorknob. Okay, just like if I were in
2: that situation. Yeah. just like in the men's restroom. Sure, use your feet. Use your foot to flush, and use your foot to open the door. I have Is no it a knob idea how you got to turn. No,
1: it's one of those things you. It's push. a no. It's a handle.
2: Yeah, use your foot. Okay.
1: I'm going to use my foot. And then everybody else is going to use their foot, and then somebody's going to come along, and all the germs from our feet will get on their hands. Uh, wait a
2: minute. Play in the dirt, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Not in a (laughs) pandemic, though. Okay? Listen, we're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to talk about hydrogen sulfide, apparently, according to one study, can guard against Alzheimer's. Now, you're saying to yourself, where can I get a bunch of hydrogen sulfide? We're going to give you the recipe. Absolutely. We're going to tell you exactly how you can get some hydrogen beans, sulfide. Beans,
2: beans, good for your heart. The more you eat.
1: No, no. So, so what is the top story today?
2: Well, I want to – listen, the, the answer to our problems is always, in my mind, been individual initiative, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if the government is not here to help us, and we're going to talk more with Rose about how messed up, the vaccine distribution is we're number 43 in the country in terms of the efficiency of getting the the vaccine out
1: well gosh 43 okay. that's pretty good they're only 50. 50
2: damn
1: number 43 is way up there isn't it yeah, well, oh you mean it's a, it's a,
2: we're in the bottom yeah part? number 1 we're 43 we're number you want to be number 1 and oh, we're I 43
1: well yeah glad All you've right. explained this to me so
2: there is a gentleman and I hope he's listening. I tried to get a hold of him, Try to get him on the show, but I couldn't get a hold of him. Dr. David Kirk, and he is now in my mind.
1: We played this music because we're really mature on this radio show. Captain Kirk. He has boldly gone
2: where no doctor has gone before.
1: Where has he gone?
2: He he single-handedly, and obviously along with the uh, administrators and the support personnel and nurses set up yeah. a Regeneron monoclonal antibody clinic. Now, for those of you who can't remember, uh, President Trump got real sick. Yeah, They first said he wasn't that sick, and they gave him the Regeneron monoclonal antibody. Now, what is that? That is a Antibody against the spike protein of coronavirus, which is what we're trying to get in our own bodies yes. when we get the vaccine. Well, they preformed this and made it up in a Petri dish. It's wonderful. So if you're in the early phase of your coronavirus infection,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you give this and it's like, boom, now now you've had the vaccine two weeks ago, four weeks ago, because I'm giving you the end result now. And what it does is it binds to the spike protein and helps your immune system eliminate the virus. You have to give it early. If you're 10 days into it but still have minor symptoms, you know, you're on the borderline. But if you're three days into it, you have minor symptoms or moderate symptoms but you're not, you know, so sick you've got to go to TICU. he's got it set up that you can come in and, you know, you get evaluated and you get the Regeneron right then and there. And they've estimated in the short period of time they've been doing this, they've prevented 50, 60 people from having to be hospitalized.
1: You're still sick, but you don't get really super
2: well, sick. Well, no. You get over it really quick. Okay. So, you know, suppose you get a fever, a slight cough, runny nose, you lose your sense of taste and smell. Yeah. You go to WakeMed, They evaluate you. You fit the criteria. And it's a pretty broad set of criteria, but they – once the horse is out of the barn, you're really sick from it. Right. It doesn't seem that the Regeneron monoclonal antibodies help. So they don't give it to people that it doesn't help. But this guy and his team are doing it seven days a week, 24-7. Now, I am skeptical when the government decides they're going to control things. So Could you imagine – what, they would have, what somebody would have to go through if you had to get this from Mandy Cohen and the, the, the so-and-so people supposedly running this whole thing.
1: In order to make it a policy for North Carolina, right. yes, it would be a big deal. This guy did it. Yeah. And WakeMed did it. And they're saving
2: lives. And it didn't take this huge you know, rigmarole of regulations and all this stuff. Yeah, The drug was approved. Captain Kirk said, beam me up, Scotty, <laughs> yes. and it's working. So he's I, never heard that joke before. Well, you no. know, if if I meet him <laughs> in the hallway, I'm going to look at him, and I'm going to go, live long and prosper.
3: <laughs> and he's
2: going to come back as peace and long life. Okay, that's what Spock used to say to everybody. <laughs> I mean, he's Captain Kirk all the way. I mean, it's just fantastic. Wake Med, Captain Kirk— Excellent. You guys are awesome.
1: Uh, Johnson and Johnson, the same people who made my baby powder. Yeah, they're in trouble for that. Uh, they uh, they can't. They've come out with a, another possible right. vaccine. And they've
2: been working on this for a long time. Yeah, they have taken their time. Um, it is a different vaccine from Moderna and from Pfizer. Uh-huh. Uh, those vaccines we've talked about; those are mRNA genetic virus vaccines. Yes, And so they're a piece of genetic material that codes for the spike protein, which is what we're trying to eliminate or um, neutralize. And it's put in a fat globule. It's 80, minus 90, minus 80 degrees stored. They thaw it out, inject it in you. It gets in your blood cells. It gets in your own cells, hijacks your genetic machinery and makes the spike protein. Yeah, And then you mount an immune response and then you're immune. Well – J&J and some other ones are using these adenoviruses that are um, not harmful to humans. And they insert the DNA in the R- that makes the RNA for the spike protein. And it's a one-shot deal. And it doesn't have to be frozen at minus 90 in transport and thawed immediately. It's not been approved. Um, and they haven't even actually released all of the info about it. But it's I'm gonna say I'm gonna step out of the limb. If it wasn't gonna work I mean they have all this data before they announce it, right? Right. It's like they had the data about Pfizer and Moderna before the election. But right. they didn't release it because they didn't want to be seen as influencing the election. But I really think and don't take this as the gospel truth, this is my opinion. I think this is gonna be the game changer. Okay? Really? Yeah, because one of the problems now with getting these vaccines out is the distribution, um, problem of the dip and dots shortage. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talked about this last week. The dip and dots company has to store dip and dots at minus 90 degrees. Yes. So they maintain their dip and dotness. And so they've volunteered and given away these things, uh, these refrigerators or yeah, freezers. That's good. You don't have to have a dip and Dots freezer for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So I really think when it's approved, if, as long as they can make enough doses. And right. I hope they're cranking out the doses right now.
1: And it is a one-shot deal.
2: One-shot deal. You get it. You don't have to come back in two weeks. Yeah. And see, this is the problem now. They've released the vaccine for everybody over 65 they don't have enough for the second
1: shot. Oh, oh yeah, that's bad. Are, are
2: did they have they reserved your second I shot? I have
1: no idea. No earthly idea. But in 28 days I'm supposed to go back in. I thought it was 2 weeks. Well, they told me 28 days, uh, but they're going to send me an email.
2: Uh, no, I this think is they're how- backing it up. It's okay. It's you'll be fine.
1: You'll I got fine. the Moderna.
2: You got Moderna? Yeah. You feel modern?
1: I feel good. Yeah, I feel. I feel I've entered into the 21st century's greatest experiment. Yeah, they were passing these out. Let's ask about that because I have this. You mentioned in passing a scientific thing, which I barely understand, but oh, I caught on. a little bit of it. You're smarter than that. They're taking this is Johnson and Johnson company. They're yeah. taking a virus that does not affect humans. Right. They're doing some modification to it. Yeah. Then the they're going to inject it. Now, I don't mind telling you then in the middle of that i heard oh yeah we're going to take this this virus that doesn't affect humans you know like we're going to take something that makes bats sick or dogs yeah. sick in and other we're words, going it's to change it zoonotic. yeah 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 and we're going to change it we're going to insert it back into you Dave Alexander. Right. Now, I know why people are turning down the vaccine.
2: Because they're afraid it's going to alter their genetic material.
1: Sure. Or they're just going to get sick.
2: They're not. Because let me tell you, the virus that they're using, it's an adenovirus. Yeah. They've given it to human beings before. And it doesn't cause illness. All right. Okay. Um, If you kiss a gorilla who has it, the gorilla's sick, you don't get sick.
1: Okay.
2: okay. It is a –
1: No, wait a minute. No, no. Don't go on. I just want to imagine but, that for okay, a moment.
2: Okay. Wait a minute. It, it, okay. It, all right. Go ahead. It makes the gorilla sick. Megillah gorilla. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't make the human sick. Now, not only that, the, the <laughs> single genetic component from sars cov uh-huh. is just one little protein. Right. So a, a virus has fat and proteins yeah. and sugars – And you can't get the virus – you can't get COVID from the vaccine because it's only got one itty-bitty little piece that makes the spike protein, which allows COVID to get onto your schnoz and get in your system. So if you make an antibody against the spike protein, it's been shown that you block the virus from
1: getting in. And all of these things are tested on tens of thousands of other people. Sure. Not me – before it gets to the point right. of putting and something so like in my J&J arm.
2: J&J has had three separate tests. Okay. First, to make sure it was safe and didn't knock somebody out. Right. Second, to make sure it made antibodies. What does that mean? They wanted to make sure if they gave the vaccine and drew your blood at a certain time later that yeah. there were these antibodies. Yeah. And 95% of the people at several weeks made antibodies. Then they said, okay, now we're going to do the double blind study. What does that mean? It means that they gave half of 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 yeah. people a saline shot, and they gave the other half the vaccine. And then they counted till they had 100, 200 people who got sars cov
3: yeah,
2: not knowing uh-huh. who had the virus, the vaccine or the placebo. And, you know, XML with the uh, Pfizer vaccine was 95 percent of the people who got COVID got the placebo. So, so that means it was right. 95% effect.
1: Okay. If you have a smartwatch, I want you to hang on with us because we have got news there was an article the other day that relates covid to smart covid and smartwatches and I think we can clarify this from a I think medical. Apple
2: paid for this study.
1: You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like uh
2: a Starbucks paid for all the studies that showed 5-Hour Energy was going to kill you. I'm serious,
1: oh, yeah. they yeah. did. Oh, and we've got a story about coffee. Coffee talk. If you've either got a prostate or you enjoy coffee, eh, listen to this show. We'll we'll straighten you out here. Yeah. 919-860-9783. Knock us off our original topic. Feel free, if you have a health, uh, health question, Dr. Weefald will field it next on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, and Dr. Franklin Wefault's here, and what about my smartwatch? Will it help me diagnose whether I've got COVID?
2: All right, now, your smartwatch, most of the time, can measure your heart rate. Yeah. And they reprogrammed it to not only measure your heart rate, but as it's sitting on your wrist, it measures what you call beat-to-beat variability. Okay, you know what does that mean? Sometimes you're 65 beats a minute. And for no apparent reason, you're 90 beats a minute. And then you slow down to 60 beats a minute. So it never stays the same. (laughs) I used to get calls in the middle of the night. Dad, we found My pulse is 80. Okay. (laughs) Well, an hour ago, it was 65. Am I dying? (laughs) So this thing called heart to heart, I mean, beat to beat variability, your heart rate's going to vary. Okay. Well, okay. So if you have heart failure, sometimes you don't have beat to beat variability. And that is actually a sign that you're. Heart failure is going to get worse, so you stay at one rate. Okay, yeah. so they looked at people who had an Apple Watch, right, and got COVID, and eighty-three percent of them had a, a malfunction of their beat-to-beat variability. They had uh, more of it. Okay. okay, so they said, "Oh, if you have beat-to-beat variability, you—that's an early sign of COVID." Okay, so the problem with that is you got to go backwards and say. How many people with abnormal beat-to-beat variability got COVID? Yeah. 5%. So if you get beat-to-beat variability, which it, now the Apple Watch is going to go eh, eh, eh. Yeah, right. It's abnormal. And then you're going to think, oh, I'm going to get COVID. No. People just have it sometimes, but only 5% got of uh, the beat-to-beat variability problem got COVID. But Eighty-three percent who got COVID had the beat-to-beat variability,
1: so it, it's not both ways. Is it like a like I have four or five pre-existing conditions yeah. which make me susceptible to COVID? Right. Is that this beat-to-beat variability? No. The no.
2: beat-to-beat variability means that you're you're not normally regulating how your heart rate rate right. rate moves up and down. Right. So if you're sicker. You know, if you're if you have a potential infection, your heart is going to start pumping stronger and pumping faster to get that blood circulating. That's what they're trying to say. Right. But of those people who had that problem, very few of them actually got covid. But the ones who got covid, a lot of them had that problem. But so if you get a warning from, you know, your Apple watch that you've got abnormal beat to beat variability, that doesn't mean you need to rush to the hospital that you've got covid. And that's the problem with this. You know, with this with this announcement, is right. that it's back backwards, and you got to know that. You know,
1: I have now an, a digital blood pressure cuff. Right, we bought for family members who are qualified to use one of these things. One of those Odin something scopes, and basically a microscope for your oh, ear. an otoscope, yeah, otoscope, and that was that was for the kids. Yeah, so that look they could and see look if they re- got an ear infection. see if they got an ear infection. Yeah, at some point. Is it a good thing that those of us at home can check a, a bunch of things?
2: Well, here's what I think they ought to do for these kind of situations. Um, we had one; um, my daughter, who's now 32, uh, she had a bunch of ear infections. Right. So, you know, I knew how to do it. I knew what to look for.
1: You'd gone to medical school, right. at that right? I'd yeah. gone
2: to school for that. Now, here's what I think they ought to do: is offer free classes. You can now, with digital, and yes, all, you can learn how to suspect one. Learn how to use it correctly by looking at your computer. As far as I know, as probably someone's going to tell me that they have this. Okay, so if they have this, yeah. and you're gonna, you know, buy one of these autoscopes and and get trained and know when to call your pediatrician. Yeah, um, get get look at this. Look at the uh, instructions. You know, I used to try to build my model cars without looking at the instructions because yeah, I called them destructions and. You know, it's the same thing with the – blood. you know, taking your blood pressure is not simple because if you don't do it correctly right, – let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you do it on bare skin? Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. And do you put that little circle right over the ulnar artery, which is on the medial side, the side towards no, your? No,
1: I don't know what circle you're talking and about. I'm not paying attention and to anything.
2: You see? And do you have a cuff yeah. that actually fits? In other words
1: – Yeah, it's it, a Velcro thing. Yeah. yeah,
2: but the Velcro thing has to have – like a um uh the right fit, it has to be the right size. I mean I tell you, I had a lady come in who had one of those cuffs, yeah, and the doctor also used a small cuff. She had um an upper arm the size of my thigh, yeah and she's just you know got a big arm, yeah, and so that she had seven blood pressure medications and was passing out, and her blood pressure was one ninety over ninety on seven blood pressure medications quote unquote. She comes to see me. I say, let me get my thigh cuff because they make these cuffs. Yeah. So you can take blood pressures in the thigh. I put it on her arm. It fit right. Blew up her blood pressure cuff. The sphygmomanometer is called.
3: Yeah.
2: Her pressure was 70 over 40. It was normal. 70. Oh, it was low. Low, low, low. 120 over 70. So it was 70 instead of 120.
1: Wow. No wonder wonder she kept
2: passing (laughs) out. So My she's, thought on, exactly. she's on one blood pressure medication now. Now, here's the problem. Went back to this other physician. Yeah. He said, yeah. your blood pressure's 210 over 130. So I had to call him and explain. He said, I don't have a thigh cuff. And I said, then don't take her blood pressure, please.
1: Amen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? All right. So, so I know how to do it. I'm going to Amazon now, and we're going to get that Bluetooth uh, uh, colonoscopy kit.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: we're going to we're, uh, – I'm I, I, just going to sit at home. No, in the middle of Netflix movies, I'm going to say, wait a minute, let me check my digestive yeah. system. That's another story. Do we have time real quick? Not really.
2: Colaguard. Uh, uh-huh. Remind me to talk to you about Colaguard okay. after we talk to Rose.
1: Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. We're going to talk about the distribution system, such as it is in North Carolina, for the – COVID vaccine. And take your phone calls at this number, 919-860-9783. Call that number, 919-860-9783. The Heart Health Radio Network.
0: Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783.
1: This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, and take charge of your life. I guess absolutely. Just listen to this show every week at this time nine one nine eight six zero sorry nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three is our telephone number. We welcome at this time Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. Hi Rose. Good afternoon,
4: gentlemen. Harry. Hey, what's hey. up? What's huh. up, Rose? Oh, I
1: don't know. We uh, this is the week that, or this is the day where we have the most
4: people in icus that we've had since the beginning of the covid
1: crisis it's It's just terrible yeah i just checked it's like 38 almost thirty-nine hundred people in the hospital with covid and to me that's the number to pay attention to yeah yeah
4: and 880 folks in icus so it's um it's still pretty bad out there it's still the same parts of the state that have had problems all uh you know for the past couple months it's still the sort of you know Charlotte and the area around Charlotte and then the Triad area the sort of northwestern part of the state but you I, I'm curious uh, how your trip um, or your conversation with the Samaritans purse folks went last week dr. Wefall because you talked to them about the
1: yeah, last um, week
4: the portable hospital that they you know up, it,
1: it was there. a good conversation Rose it was difficult for us to hear her because as it turns out Lenore has terrible cell service wow. um, It was so it was very muffled but you know they had they had opened it and they already had 15 people in and they were all set up to take a, you know I, i've forgotten what it was a maximum of 30 or something mm-hmm. like that it mm-hmm. didn't seem like it would take all that long to totally fill up
4: yeah and then, it's you know, thorough. in our area, uh, we're 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 all located in the triangle and the Duke folks only have about a dozen ICU beds left. And the and the whole capital area only has about a dozen IC, uh, staffed ICU beds. So, well, wow. um, it's it's very it's very concerning. I, I, I'm I'm hoping that we're going to start peeking out because we're we're what, four weeks past Christmas, three weeks past New Year's. And there's been fewer opportunities for people to get together or fewer excuses for people to get together. So my my great hope is that we'll sort of see a peak out in the next week or so. And uh, and then maybe we'll get some more vaccines out there.
3: Yeah,
2: let's let's talk about that. Um, Give me my personal story? Okay, I signed up via the Internet to be a vaccinator. You know, uh-huh. like, a, like a terminator, a vaccinator. And it took me two weeks. So at first, the website crashed. Then I had to go through three stages. First, that I had to fill out a form to be a vaccinator. Then I had to fill out a form to be a coordinator. In other words, my practice had to have a coordinator and a vaccinator, but I'm the same person. <laughs> so then that finally went through. Then I had to do a signature on it. The signature took a week for me to get through on the website. Well, then I'm oh, wow. finally, I got this nice email, and ah, 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 you are a vaccinator and a coordinator. And so it said, go on the website to, s- to put your signature on there. Didn't work. Now, luckily, that only took 48 hours to work. So then I'm official, and I call up the place at, at Department of Health and Human Services, and they said, we don't have any vaccine for you. And I said, well, why?
4: I was just, just going to say. Yeah, they don't have any for uh, You know. There's not a lot of vaccine
2: out there. Yeah, there is. They haven't released it yet. There's 240,000 doses that they haven't released yet. The question is why? I don't understand. I
4: think think part of it was they were hanging on to some of them for second doses. And now it seems like...
2: We've only vaccinated 30,000 or 40,000 people. What is going
4: on? No, no, no. They vaccinated like 4,400,000 people.
2: In North Carolina. In North Carolina. In North Carolina. Okay. Well, I stand Um, corrected.
4: Yeah, no, no, they've, they've vaccinated about 400,000, p- close to 400,000 people. I think by the end of the weekend, it'll definitely be over 400,000 people. Um, okay. I, I was at a, a mass vaccination clinic on Thursday, which was really quite impressive. It was stood up by UNC Health. Um, they were putting through that day. They said they would get 700 people through the site. Um On that day, and um, and then what I also saw was that um, they're standing up mass vaccination sites in Charlotte, in in like twelve locations across the state, and they're really getting moving. But it seems like now the feds, it it turns out, doesn't have that sort of surplus that they were gonna. They're saying, well, we're gonna. You know, give you everything we have, but it turns out they don't have a lot. Um, so there are bottlenecks at <laughs> all points. In
2: well, the and I think that yeah, I, I, I don't understand why there are bottlenecks. I mean, you know, first they said seventy-five. Okay, so why not just let somebody walk in, show their driver's license, and get vaccinated? I mean, in New York, you got to fill out a fifty-one uh, question. Um, questionnaire fifty one question questionnaire did be even qualified. Now they've opened up to sixty five in most places. Are we at sixty five and over now? Mm-hmm.
4: We are at sixty five and over in the state. But again, you know, there's there's not a, there's there's just not enough. I mean, think about it. I, I I went to the Department of Commerce website and did the math. So there's about. 400,000 healthcare workers in North Carolina, not all of them are frontline, but so let's say like half Mm -hmm. of them really should get vaccinated first. There are 1.8 million people over the age of 65 in this state. Yeah. So you could say 65 and up, but the reality is that not everyone's going to be able to get it for a while. And, and, you know, I, I, um I think I texted to Dave as we are getting ready for today's show that when I was an undergraduate, I spent all my summers and all my free time working for an industrial engineering firm. So it was mm-hmm. all time and motion studies. I stood around with a clipboard and a, and a people counter and a, a, a stopwatch and sort of counted people as they go by. There are lots and lots of places where this can you know, get gummed up and I spoke to a number of county health directors this week because, you know, they're trying to get it out to Secretary Cohen talked to, at, at the legislature this week about how they're trying to get it out to, you know, we have 80 rural counties in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably could have gone faster if they'd just done it at large facilities like what they're going to do in Charlotte at the Motor Speedway. Um, and you could have gotten a lot done faster, but then you would have been neglecting the rural places. Yeah. But then when you send it out to these rural health departments with no money attached for them to do the distribution, right? and their staffs have all been working double time, one of the health directors described it as we've been on a high-speed hamster wheel since March, and now uh, we've got to get off yeah. that high-speed we, we hamster know. wheel and onto a different one.
2: Well, listen, thank you. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, roll it out quicker, and keep up the good work uh, thank you north carolina,
1: north carolina health org. All, right. all right thanks a lot we'll Ross. see you next hey, week gentlemen. appreciate thanks. it well,
4: i'm hoping that we'll have better times ahead
1: thank Great. you you know i think the next time we have one of these pandemics I, i'm always thinking about the next time yeah. next time we have one you know we should have a period of eight ten months so that we can plan this whole distribution Right. We should we – should, we should, well,
2: It should be – A
1: period of time when we don't have the vaccine, well, it's like, you know, when we plan for it.
2: When the, when the vaccine wasn't even approved, they started making doses. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And we should have a national vaccinator uh, logistical situation <laughs> so that next time it happens, boom, boom, boom. Right. You know?
1: It's funny. I'm speaking sarcastically and I'm you're speaking honestly. I'm speaking honestly. honestly. You right. should do it. Hydrogen sulfide, according to at least one study, can guard against Alzheimer's.
2: Um How do they how did they figure that out? I didn't read the study. Very it's kind of be an I,
1: accidental kind of thing.
2: Yeah. You know I don't uh, know. Uh folks were mice, I mean, I don't
1: know. Yes, they t- yeah. they studied mice, mice. So. Hydrogen sulfide is actually the gas that you produce after you've Eaten a bunch of eggs.
2: Egg or beans. Or beans? Beans, beans. Good for your
1: heart. Nope. Yes. Um, Okay. So nobody's going to patent hydrogen sulfide.
2: Well, they might. You know, like a little snifter. You know, you just whiff it.
1: Do you believe these things when they come out and they've got one study?
2: No. And that's the whole point. How many people are going to go running into a public bathroom? in order to get that smell, which is hydrogen sulfide. Yeah. Don't do it. No, no, no. It's do exactly. not do it.
1: And by the way, eight or nine hard-boiled eggs a day, too much. Too much. Too much for anyone, too much for the people you work with, even if you're isolated. And, you know, he who smelt it, dealt it. Higher coffee intake may be linked to lower prostate cancer risk. Coffee's good now. Yeah. And, you know, I think the bottom line is when you hear the
2: stuff about coffee, Yeah, drink it. But don't drink too much. I think two cups a day are are a good thing. I, I mean, I got people walking around drinking fifteen cups a day. Yeah. They just got a cup of coffee and right and and nothing is got to be good for you when you're drinking fifteen of them a day. They but,
1: actually the study yeah. reported that the people who drank more had a lower risk for. Fatal prostate cancer. Right. So, that However,
2: what, that was up to nine cups a day. Right. And so that's a retrospective study. What does that mean? It means they looked at people who had prostate cancer and how many cups of coffee they drank. Yes. And then they looked at people who didn't have prostate cancer and how many cups of coffee they drank. And the people who drank more coffee had less prostate cancer. The only way that you know for sure is this is take a long time yeah. is to make. A big study where half drinks coffee no, no, no. and the other half doesn't. We're never going to do that. But here's the bottom line, okay? Don't worry about getting prostate cancer and then you know assuage your worries by drinking more coffee. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about drinking coffee as long as you don't drink too much.
1: What do you think about these studies? They come out and they say, well, you know, Apple – Apples are good for you. And then they, a week uh, later, the apples are bad for
2: you. Yeah. And and so the reason why these studies come out is because they're they're juicy and delicious studies. And by that, I mean people read them. Yeah. And all of these medical news journals and Facebook, and it's all about the clicks. And by that, it means did you click on this story?
3: Yeah.
2: And you look at it. You go, oh, You're that's right. interesting. Let me read this. And maybe I drink some coffee and I won't get prostate cancer. Oh, wait a minute. I'm a woman. I don't have a prostate. <laughs> <laughs> but I still read it. Maybe I tell my husband, you know. So uh, yeah. they're fun and interesting, but don't put a lot of uh, emphasis on, and don't don't change your life on the basis of a study like this.
1: I will tell you a quick story about producing this show. The doctor Weefold finds a study. He texts it to me, and then I search on the internet for it. Now, I I it's an independent search. He, didn't, he sent me a link on my phone, but I go to another device, and I search for it. So I type in the words he sent me, uh, prostate, coffee, uh, good for you, right? Okay. And I hit click. Oftentimes, I get one website, and every four months, they are doing the coffee story, mm. right? Or the baked bean story. Yeah. Or the... Kiwi fruit will cause you to be healthier. Right. Study. They do it again and again, yeah. and again and again. And and there was there are websites that do nothing but this. Coffee. Hoping, right. Hoping to get clicks. Yeah. And it may be sponsored by the Coffee Association.
2: Yeah. The more you click, the more those people make. You know that?
3: Yeah, I'm it's sure. It's
2: clickbait. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're an influencer, you know, you can make a whole lot of money if people click on you.
1: And I think if you talk to me before my first cup of coffee, that puts you at risk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think people understand what I mean. It just puts you at risk. We're going to shout out some people who are doing some good things coming up in just a bit. We're going to talk about AFib and stroke. Yeah, AFib is that rapid heartbeat, Yeah, right?
2: we're going to explain the whole business. And if and you've y- had a stroke, I want you to make sure that your doctor checks you for AFib.
1: All right, that's coming up on Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to the Heart Health Radio Network. Well,
5: you know you make me want to my heels up and throw my
1: up Sometimes we say things about people who are doing things wrong, and then on the other hand, we shout out people who are doing things great including a WakeMed doctor we mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah, uh,
2: Captain Kirk, Dr. David Kirk. And he has set up a Regeneron monoclonal antibody clinic It's working well. They're keeping people out of the hospital. They're saving lives. Uh-huh. So this is a second shout-out for him and WakeMed for having, you know, the resources and the gumption to let this man do his job, which is to save lives.
1: I want to shout-out our affiliate radio stations. You know, yes. we we started talking about the Heart Health Radio Network Two years ago, when we were only on one station, but yeah. a great station it is. Yes, WPTF. W, WPTF News, in
2: News Radio 680 AM and 98.5 FM.
1: Since then, we've added WGBR in Goldsboro. We've got a couple of stations on the eastern coast of uh, North Carolina 1037, WTIB, and Talk 96 3. And we've added the Truth Network. I finally added up all our transmitters. Mm hmm. We're at about thirteen. That's pretty good. Now we're scattered about the weekend, but you know I want to say hi to everybody down the line, either who are pushing the buttons on the show, and they but can also call listening. a certain
2: number if they're not in the rally area. Right?
1: Yeah, but I, I'm going to suggest this, or send me an email. I've got a lot of email questions. All right, I'm going to suggest. Just remember that we produce this show from noon to two on Saturday, so from noon to two on Saturday, call this number. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three 9783 and we'll talk to you. Yeah. We will get you on.
2: And and my email address is Dr. Wefall, D-R-W-E-F-A-L-D, at gmail dot com. Yeah, you're welcome to send me an email and say I want to ask this question on the show, and we'll call you. Now I got two more to shout out. Yeah. Sorry. Marie Casey, who's our, uh, one of our frequent flyers, uh-huh. and her husband, Bill Casey, wanted me to shout them out because they were able to wade through all of the bureaucracy and get themselves the COVID vaccine. Wonderful. And so, Marie, if you're listening, call us because what I, I tried to call you, and I, I must have your old number, but call us, Marie, if you're listening and tell us how you did it um, because that's going to help people who want to get it and haven't been able to get it. I mean, if Marie Casey can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And she's wonderful. Uh, You know, one of my patients who came to see me from Raleigh and now, you know, it's hard for them to navigate 40 minutes from Raleigh to Smithfield. And so with my blessing, they're seeing some really good local cardiologists. Yeah. And love it. So, Marie, if you're listening, call us. You had AFib once. Yes.
1: Hated it. it. Hated it. Well, because it felt bad.
2: Now, listen, a lot of people with AFib have no symptoms. It's like people with coronavirus have no symptoms. A lot of them do. And so what I want to talk about now in terms of cardiovascular, because it connects brain attacks with AFib. And so suppose you have a stroke, and God forbid, and you go to the hospital. Well, what they can do now is pull that clot, and a stroke is a brain attack. So a clot forms and cuts off the flow of blood inside your brain and part of your brain starts to die. Right. Well, they can go in there and either dissolve the clot with a clot buster, tissue plasminogen activator, um, or uh, they can go in with a catheter and find the clot and literally yes. suck the clot out of your suck body. The clot. And The problem I'm seeing is that not a lot of people are worked up correctly. So the first thing they'll do is something called a CTA, a a computed tomographic angiogram. What does that mean? They'll look at the arteries with a CT scan and look for blockages within the brain Mm -hmm. and in the arteries to the neck, or sometimes they'll do an ultrasound of the neck arteries because that is really the area that we can fix. Mm -hmm. You have a 95% blockage in the artery that was on the same side where you had your stroke, They'll, they'll take and open that up. They will uh, do a surgery called an Well, suppose they don't find a reason for you to have a stroke. right? Well, the thing that's become a big part of my practice is finding out if they have AFib. And that's something that you can't really tell. Well, in the hospital, they monitored me, and I didn't have any electrical problems. Now, AFib, atrial fibrillation, is when the top part of your heart, Gets into a continuous muscle spasm. The electricity is just going haywire. And when that happens, the top part of the heart doesn't contract smoothly. And when that happens, the blood swirls up there and swirling blood will clot. And little tiny blood clots will get pumped up to your brain and cause a stroke. So I've talked before about my ex-wife, who I really care about, Anne Fontaine. Mm -hmm. And she had a stroke. They went in and took out the clot. In the hospital, nothing. Uh, Boom, every heartbeat was normal. She gets home, puts on the monitor that her smart doctor said we had to do. And the first day she had rapid AFib. And guess what her symptoms were? Nothing. So when I had my atrial fibrillation spell, it lasted four hours, five hours, because I took some medicine and got rid of it. Haven't had it again. I felt terrible. I could feel my heart beating funny. I just felt out of sorts. But you can have a stroke from AFib and never Feel your heart go abnormally. Now, here's the thing. You might not have your spell of AFib in the 24 hours that we used to do a monitor for. And then the 48 hours, you know, we monitor you for 48 hours. They put this thing called a Holter. A guy named Holter discovered it or made it. And little tiny stickies are put on your chest and then wires come from the stickies into a recorder and they make an EKG. This is like what the Apple Watch does, but it's on your wrist. The Apple Watch is not as accurate. They – now recommend, and I strongly recommend, that you, you get monitored for a month, okay? Yeah. So they put this monitor on. You take it off to go in the shower. You can take it off when it's not possible to wear it. Sure. But sometimes it takes a month to have the AFib come up, and sometimes it'll only happen once a month. But if it only happens once a month, you can still have a stroke. Some people have an episode of AFib, and the clot forms. They go back into a normal rhythm. The clot dissolves. But One of those days when they're in atrial fibrillation, the clot forms, it doesn't dissolve, right? and they get a stroke from that. And so make sure, just ask your doctor, doctor, I haven't been monitored for a month to see if I have AFib. Now, why is that important? I'm on a blood thinner, they say. Only certain blood thinners work for prevention of a stroke from AFib. So I'm on Plavix, which is clopridogrel. That's what you take, or Brylinta. If you've had a stent because that affects the blood platelets that clot the stent, it's not the platelets that cause a stroke from AFib. It's the proteins that help clotting. So you've got to be on Eliquis or Xarelto or Warfarin in order to prevent a stroke from AFib. You've got to be on Plavix to prevent a stroke from a clogged artery or to prevent your stent from clotting. Two different things. Right. So that's why it's so important if you've had a stroke or a mini-stroke. To find out if you have AFib.
1: Okay. Somebody called earlier, didn't want to be on the radio, is curious about what you take for cholesterol.
2: Okay. I love it. Let me tell you my story. How much time do we
1: have? You've got plenty of time. Okay.
2: So I – they thought I had cancer of the arm. Okay. Yeah. And a big lump. So I had a CT scan. Make a long story short, it wasn't cancer. And Thank God I didn't have to cut off my arm. Um, but I had calcium. We've talked about this. The calcium on my coronary artery where there's calcium, there's clot. I mean not clot. There's calcium, there's cholesterol. could be clot. This stress test, it wasn't bad enough for me to have to have a stent. My LDL cholesterol was 178. That is hugely high. And that means I have a genetic predisposition to have high cholesterol. Did the arteries in my neck. I had a 25% blockage there too. So I took – A really good cholesterol medicine, a statin that prevents cholesterol from being formed in my liver. I got it down to 130. Now, your goal if you've got a blockage, even if it's a small blockage, is 70. And the LDL cholesterol is what matters. The triglycerides and LDL combined, VLDL, very low density, that's important. I got it down to 135, not enough. I went on Zetia, got it down to 125, and not enough. So I went on the new whoop-de-doo. Wonderful medicine called Repatha. It's a once-every-two-week shot. It works differently from a statin. Repatha's good if you can't take a statin because it doesn't cause those muscle aches. But it's also good if you're like me on a maximum dose of a statin. It's not coming down. Yeah. You know what mine is now? Uh, 11. So I went 11. from 178 to 11.
1: We're bragging about our cholesterol And guess numbers. what happened? Yeah, what?
2: My blockage went away. I got another CT scan two years later. And R- the one in my yeah. neck... Yeah. Barely visible.
1: Very good. All yeah. right. Well, listen, that's the first hour of Heart Health Radio. We're back in just a moment.
0: Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio. Oh, oh, oh. HeartHealthRadio.com. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor.
1: This is Heart Health Radio, second hour of the show. Tell your neighbors we're now on for two hours. You know, I think this whole health care radio thing might yeah, be, you two, know. two,
2: count them, two hours.
1: It might be more important in 2021 than we had planned. Yeah. Yeah, sadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have millions of people in China locked down. Of course, there are millions of people in the U.S. locked down.
2: Yeah, but this is interesting because China supposedly beat it, and now all of a sudden it's flaring up again. And that's the nature of this beast virus. Right, is that you? Yeah, it's like whack a mole. You know, you get right. it. Da- you know, have you played whack a mole? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You get the. You get one mole down. Yeah. you know, And then boom, another outbreak happens, and it's not. Someone's fault, not not a politician's fault. It is the fault of the the enemy is the virus, not each other.
1: Okay. Telephone number here nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Call us now. We'll get you on the radio. Patrick and Raleigh, good to hear from you. Hey, what's up? Hey, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you?
6: I'm very good, gentlemen. Thanks so much. as a As a medical educator, I really appreciate you getting out to the to the uh, to the masses there. Well, I try. Oh, listen, you guys are great. I'm Thank loving you. Uh, especially the a coffee ingestion we talked about in the prostates, yeah, and the uh, AFib. And my story is that uh, COVID actually kind of helped me with a little bit of a uh-huh. uh, We moved to uh, we moved completely to the uh, virtual university uh, where I'm teaching the medicine to my special forces students uh, That's online. So awesome. And, uh, yeah, and I was just demonstrating a product. I was asymptomatic, didn't feel a thing. I put on a, a, a an SpO2 monitor or a pulse ox.
3: Oh, and, yeah.
6: And all of a sudden, I could see my heart, you know, 56, 84, 91, et cetera, moved back, and I said, well, damn it, that's not right. And uh, then I turned, and I said, okay. Then I put myself on, and then, sure enough, there I am in a fifth. And uh, there's no structural. We uh, we. Uh, I got into do cardiology rapidly. We went in, uh, stroke scale being zero, but sure enough, I was in a fib and we naturally went on the to go ahead and stop the, the potential strokes or, you know, the, the, the coagulation of blood in the atrium. Everything was going great, and I went for 30 days. Again, not a single symptom. I wouldn't have known I was in it until I actually checked. And uh, it was a simple cardio version for me. Uh, worked uh, right away. And I went back again, 30 days back with cardiology. Everything's looking fine. But here it is as a medical educator, professional. Here it is. I had, I was completely asymptomatic. And your show is now saying, folks, talk to your doctor about this. Let's get you checked. I absolutely love it. Especially as we're all getting that sedimentary lifestyle because of COVID forced on us. Uh, But I love the fact that you're educating the public on this. This is
2: Outstanding, gentlemen. Thank you. Well, listen, you know, and you just reminded me of something that I should have been teaching people and that you can get one of these E.T. – I call it E.T. phone homes where it's a pulse oximeter. It fits on the end of your finger and it flashes and he's absolutely right. If it's flashing regular, okay, most likely 99 percent, you don't have AFib. But what he saw was that it was flashing irregularly and that – Afib is irregularly irregular, so it'll go and like like you said, asymptomatic so if you if you do notice that, it's not a sign that you definitely have afib, but it's a high high possibility, and go to your doctor, he or she will figure it out
6: Patrick it was very important
5: to me, but uh,
2: oh listen, the it was a great I wish Video. I had thought of it because I've had two patients or maybe three. Who've been diagnosed with AFib on the basis of that pulse oximeter?
1: And they are not expensive.
2: No, those they things used to are, be.
1: They're under a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can get them now on some of the
6: you know, website mass retailers. Yeah. Uh, without giving anybody free advertising, but uh, we all you know it starts with an A. And uh, but you can find them out there for twenty-two
5: to twenty-five dollars wow. now.
1: That's great, Patrick. Yeah. Thank and, uh, you. Uh,
5: Hey, Patrick, thank you for hosting and, and thank, great job, guys. Thanks
1: for calling, Patrick. Phone home. All right, take care, Marie from Raleigh. Oh, she called. I think she's the real Marie. Hi, Marie. Nice. How are oh ya, my
7: gosh. Did no, you hear
2: me no shout you
1: out? Oh
7: if I'm sitting here listening to him. I don't see him anymore, but I can hear him.
2: Well, you know what? Sometimes <laughs> it's better to hear me because I my nose has been been turned ugly. So now you wouldn't want to see me anymore. <laughs> but listen, we shouted you out. I want to know. Tell us how you how, what you had to do to get the vaccine. Okay, I
7: have a great neighbor. Called me on uh, Thursday morning and told me that in Franklinton that they were giving those shots. Okay. and uh, so I called and they called me right back and told me to come in uh the next day. And Are you kidding? I'm telling you, Doctor, uh, we fall we hear so much bad stuff like this going on, but I don't think we've ever been through as good as ex- any better experience than we went through.
3: Wow.
7: Um we uh, went over and everybody uh was so friendly. In fact they'd even go to our cars while we were waiting and want to know if we were okay. You couldn't ask for better they were. Uh, they just knew what they were doing, and they were just, just it was just unreal, the experience we had. So we got a shot, and um, it was just, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know. So if it uh,
2: weren't for your neighbor, you wouldn't have known, is that correct?
7: That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Pat Perry. In fact she's from lewisburg but she didn't
2: how did she, she, she find me out?
7: and now people are trying to get in over there and i don't know we were just yeah. so fortunate yeah. to get you, in yeah but what i uh, the sheriff was over there he was not over there to rest into anybody he was working and then uh, the m uh, uh F, they were all around but it was just it was just unreal. Well but listen they, did some you... people might could get in but the word's out now and I called some of my friends and told us about it because I knew that Wake County was not gonna get theirs until uh starting to on the nineteenth. Wow. And but I was we were so happy. It made my day and Well that then, that's
2: terrified. another way to do it is word of mouth.
7: Yeah. I know and yeah. so I Picked up the phone, then I she called me back, and I told her, I said, Pat, you could have never given me anything better than calling <laughs> me up and telling me about that. Did they make and, your
2: appointment for your second shot yet?
7: Um, they called me back in three weeks. Okay, great. So, hey,
2: let me ask you a question. Did you drive your Mustang, convertible Mustang over there? She's
7: no, got a and boss car. I don't know Bill uh, wants me to tell you, but did you know he had to replace the... Uh, the uh, Oh, what is it? The. Can't think right now. Muffler? Uh, No. All right, starter? It was not the motor, it was the. Transmission. Yeah. yeah, and it, oh, we yeah. don't even have a hundred thousand miles on it. So
3: Lord he said, mercy. "Well,
7: I haven't been driving it." He said, "So now he's got it back, and he's moved my car over so he can get that Mustang out." <laughs> and but we didn't drive it over there. We thought about it, but we've been driving it a lot more. It's a nice. Uh, uh, it looks new. I'm telling you, he right. has taken so. Uh, you know, uh, taking care of it so much, like Marie. I, we, thank oh, you. How is you, how's your? Uh, what is it that
2: you got? Your car, my car. New, well, right. I'm getting a new one. I'll talk about that next time.
8: All
1: right, Marie. Marie, oh, really? bless, bless, bless you, bless uh, you, bless you. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Marie from Raleigh. Love uh, Marie. She's wonderful. Yeah. You can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio. We've got a shame segment, uh, a governor of a northern state who's just completely goofed up. Well, shame par- mostly, but partially a uh, shout-out. Really? Partially. Okay. There's, you know, it's a funny thing in this world. Some people say, oh, you know, this guy's evil. You know, the big political season, people say, oh, that guy right there, that's evil. He's evil. Please let me share with you something my dad said long ago. If you can explain somebody's actions by incompetence as opposed to evil, it's probably incompetence.
2: Yeah, well, I, I saw a TV show last night, Yeah, and that guy was evil. I'll you think you so?
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Evil. There is a fellow. I, I can't find where he lived or lives. He did survive this, but he injected himself with magic mushrooms. He put it put – it, right, I'm now, sorry. That's bad. I as a laugh. public service announcement, don't, we would just like to say what? You know, you know people – some people don't
2: realize that funguses or fungi, as they're supposed to be called, um, can infect you. So, for example, thrush. You know, you take antibiotics and you get these white plaques in your mouth. That's a fungus. That's uh-huh. and, and it grew because uh, bacteria um, – I mean the antibiotics got rid of the good bacteria that protect us from fungi. Right. Athlete's
1: foot is a fungi it's a
2: yeah. fungi yeah. so don't think that injecting magic mushrooms won't hurt you the guy is it, psilocybin that's the chemical in a magic mushroom that gives you hallucinations yeah so he thought hey i ate them and i got it what if i injected them? and the yeah.
1: mushrooms grew inside of him that's got to be a bad thing
2: A uh, real bad thing and the the craziness
1: yeah, Which, yeah. I mean, who would think? Well, but here's the thing. What was he thinking? No, this is the thing. I, I know exactly what he was thinking, and he wasn't thinking smart, but he was thinking. He was thinking, How can I make this even better? Yeah. Right? I guess. Because this is the whole okay, people are popping pills and then they say, You know, maybe I could make this better yeah. if I just crush the pill and then snort it. Yeah. And and this is the downward spiral to putting magic mushrooms into your yeah. Into your bloodstream. So he actually had the magic mushrooms he had sprout within him. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, and you can get
2: you can get fungi on your heart valves. There's fungal endocarditis. So a fungal infection is not a good thing. And if right. you, if you get really bad athlete's foot, that is a sign of other systemic diseases. If you can't get rid of it simply, then you need to go have it checked out. If you okay. get thrush and the thrush is not going away, and then you need to get it checked out. Now, the other thing is if your esophagus is messed up, if you've got reflux and you're on medications, uh-huh. you're diabetic, Yeah, you can get something called candida esophagitis. I've seen it many, many times. It doesn't go away with your uh, stomach acid pill, maybe even two stomach acid pills. You got treated with antibiotics or you're diabetic or, you know, you're worn out. Yeah. That's one of the benefits of an endoscopy because candida esophagitis lives. It's fungi living in your esophagus. And you get rid of it pretty easily with an antifungal medication, Diflucan or Lamisil, and they work and they're relatively safe.
1: All right. Very good. Coming up, that glass of wine could be harming your heart or not or maybe or maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. Yeah. Just like with coffee. Maybe it's maybe it's just a fake study.
2: And it carries us over into AFib, which we've been talking
1: about today. Right. And your phone calls, 919-860-9783. Always remember, always consult your medical professional before you change the radio station.
2: He or she will help you.
1: This is FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number at Heart Health Radio. Dave Alexander along with Dr. Franklin Weefald. Did they hear that? I
2: oh, you, was humming. You were humming? my
1: headset on. Yeah. He, Sorry about that. We did hear that. So, who's in the shame segment th- today?
2: Well, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Um, he likes to bloviate. Now, as a fellow bloviator, you yeah, know, yeah. he just talks and talks and you know, he he really wanted um, control over this virus, and so he was the maximum shutdown. Okay, right, I mean, right, yeah. Close the restaurants. Go go to schools. The teacher union. Teachers unions are afraid. Um, don't uh, congregate in the synagogue. Uh, don't open stores. And what happened? I mean, they've got billions and billions of dollars in deficits from lack of collected taxes. You got people who pay the taxes. The billionaires moving out, right? And what does he say now? Just yeah. last week, got open. We can't stay closed. Really? I mean, it was like a one eighty in three days.
1: I haven't the slightest idea what would be different between November. There is no
2: difference. And January. There is no difference. There except
1: no? he realizes. Yeah. Now,
2: what other people have been saying is that the risk benefits have to be weighed. And yes, people die of COVID. But people die of other things too. And right. the suicide rate is going up. And yes. once these restaurants close, they're not going to open up again. Oh, it's just a restaurant. No, it's a business. And what is a business? It's people. And what are people? Their lives. Their, their sacred uh, chance to advance themselves and feed their families. And right. they're gone. Right. And so you have to have a middle ground. And you have to say, OK, we're going to mask up. We're going to wash our hands. We're going to separate the best we can. But we can't be shut down forever. So he's finally come to the light because they can't borrow themselves out of this. The federal government can. right? But now they want the federal government to support them. Now, you know, I, 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 I want to also say that the vaccine rollout in New York is the worst. They're number 50. We're yeah. number 43. Okay. Number one is good.
1: In terms of bad rollout yeah. of the okay. vaccine. Yeah, okay, so to,
2: to get the vaccine in New York, the big thing about New Yorkers is they got reg- rules and regulations. No way. They don't want somebody to get the vaccine who shouldn't get it. I get that. And so instead of saying, okay, some are going to slip through, okay, but let's get 90% of the people – you know, ninety percent of the vaccines go to the right people, and if ten percent slip out, no, they want ninety-nine point nine percent. You have to fill out a fifty-one question survey, or right. or you know, and if you mess up one question, eh, they won't give you the vaccine. And so their rollout is pitiful yeah. because their their website went down. Um, older people, more poor, they have trouble filling out this questionnaire, and sure. they're the ones who need it. Sure. So just, you know, Andrew, show a driver's license. Give him a shot. Right. I want mm-hmm. to
1: throw you this scenario because yeah. it's happened and we've talked about it. You're, you you got a clinic and you're giving out these these shots. Well, it comes from a, a vial and then you fill up the – it's just the like syringe. on television. Yeah. You fill up the syringe. At some point, there is a moment when you've run out of patients, but you've opened up. Five vials of medicine. You know what medicine. they're doing in New York? What are they doing? Throwing away. That's Ain't their a- rule.
2: You got to throw. It. And why? Because then it would be unfair to the sixty-five-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, if you give it to a, a non-sixty-five-year-old, that's craziness. So in D.C., yeah, where I grew up, they they have uh, grocery stores with uh, pharmacies who mm. are already giving it out. Right. So you can schedule. At a pharmacy, so a healthcare worker. There were four of them. They didn't show. They'd already yeah. thought out their vials. You know what they did? What? Attention, giant shoppers! If you want a COVID <laughs> vaccine, come on upstairs. And yeah. they did, and they gave it to four people who weren't in that group. Now, the the great thing about that, and we had a caller about uh, I don't know two weeks ago saying, "Why don't we vaccinate the young people first? Yeah, think about it. It's it makes a little it makes sense because. It's the young people going to these parties and then going home to grandma and pa yeah. and pa and ma and giving it to them and killing them. So, yes, if you have a, a dose that's thawed, Andrew, don't tell them to throw it away. Right. Find somebody. Give it to them. It's not really wasted. Duh.
1: It's going to protect the other piece of people that person's going yeah. to be
2: exposed to. Get rid of these rules and regulations and keep a couple. But not fifty-one question, fifty-one question questionnaire. You got to get all questions right.
1: It's your license, you, just your driver's license. That would be it. Yeah, you're that old. Yeah, go ahead and get it. Or just trust them. Are you sixty-five? Sure. You, you look it. You know, <laughs> very few people are going to sign up twice for this thing. Honestly, very no. few people are going to lie about that or whatever. All right, listen. There is a study. Again, this is a single study. Okay. About um, alcohol. Uh, that glass of wine could be harming your heart. Is they this said, the one same glass. Is this the same thing as the AFib thing?
2: Yeah. yeah. So they're saying that if you drink even one glass of wine a day or a mixed drink, one, one beer, yeah. that you're 24%, 23% higher risk of developing AFib. And what they did, if you drink four, you're 46% greater risk. So they followed five 6,000 people. And they asked him how many – on average, how many drinks a day do you drink? And the ones who drank even one versus the ones who said zero had a higher risk of atrial fibrillation. And why is that? Because uh, the alcohol is not necessarily the cause. It's coming off the alcohol when your body – have you had a bender? Okay. No. You never had a bender. Never. Hangover. Liar. No, never. Liar. Yes. So I had him in high school. Yeah. Not college.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I had him in junior
2: high. Well, we could drink at 18 when I was a kid. Was it the same for you? Okay. No. Yes. We could have beer and wine at 18. Anyway, it's when you drink a lot and then don't drink some. It's called holiday heart syndrome. So, okay, I had a guy who I said one glass a day because he really liked to tipple. (laughs) And I said one glass a day. So I get a call to the emergency room. He's drunk off his you-know-what. So I go down to the ER, he's an AFib, um, and I said, what'd you do? And he says, well, um, I had 14 last night. I said, I told you one a day. So, well, I saved him up for two weeks, and I had 14 in one night. So they said average of one a day. So is it seven a week divided yeah. by seven? Uh, uh, can I tell you something? What's that? Have your glass of wine every day, but once a day don't save them up, because and maybe it's not that a high amount coming off of it with your bender, that's when you're going to be at highest risk for afib because your adrenaline's firing with that hangover.
1: okay, there's another study, and again, one study I never go with one study. I don't think that makes any sense, but this one does genetic studies of alcohol consumption could be spoiled by people who misreport their behavior. In other words, everything you just talked about that, you know, the person who says, yeah, one, one drink, yeah, I just had one drink a day. They report to their doctor, yeah, I just had one drink a day. Guess what? Liar! Yeah, they're a bunch of liars. Liar! People, who, people do not tell their doctor. Oh, my God. I want to write a book. What's that? Patients Lie.
2: Now, when I say that, I'm not calling them bad people. No, 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 no. I mean, think about it. You come in and you say, hey, doctor, we found." Uh, I had mid chest pressure right into my left arm. It comes by short breast and diaphoresis and nausea. I know they've Googled it. And they're worried. And so they're <laughs> telling me symptoms. They're going to try to convince me they need more testing. And then there's the opposite. I'm fine, Dr. Weefel. No, yeah. I feel great. And when you get the wife in there or yeah. the husband in there, they tattle on and they're terrible. So they lie because they are worried and they want tests, or they lie because they're worried and they don't want tests. Right, right, okay. And so, you know, it, and when I say patients lie, I'm not saying they're bad people.
1: No, no, no. Mm-hmm. They, no, but the, the natural inclination. Say, how you doing? Oh, good. I'm fine. Yeah, how mm. about you? You've missed that opportunity. You've got to tell your doctor, no, I'm sick. If a That's patient, why I'm here.
2: If a patient tells a doctor, I'm just getting old, right. it's a red flag.
1: More coming up, including Phil from Raleigh. On Heart Health Radio.
0: Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783.
1: And we're going to start right off with Phil from Raleigh. Thank you very much for hanging on, Phil. What's going on?
9: Well, if I may, I'm going to change topics from Please. heart to prostate. Yes. yes. Um, I would like to give some unsolicited advice to men that are diagnosed with, uh, prostate cancer. Okay. And, and, and that advice is don't rush into anything. Do not be rushed into, uh, a major surgery.
2: I thoroughly agree.
9: My personal experience, I did my own research and, I had the high-intensity fo- focused ultrasound, the HIFU, yeah. performed. And I chose a doctor in Florida who had been doing it uh, for over a decade offshore because it was not FDA approved. Mm-hmm. And it, I am very pleased with the results. Great. So I, will, I will say uh, I, I did have some. It was not a perfect procedure because i had to have two corrective uh uh surgeries for urethral strictures as sure. a result of of uh, yep. of the of the HIFU procedure, and um but now i'm fixed and the side effects are very very minimal uh well non existent pretty much
2: can i uh, can I ask you a personal question yes sir uh, a lot of problems with the prostate that gets fixed, uh, taking out the prostate, giving other things, is manly function. So this is a show, I'm gonna, if there are kids listening and your parents don't want you to hear this, the sexual function issue is a real big kicker for people who have prostate cancer. Did this right. technique affect that at all in you, or?
9: It, it had an effect. It, it did have an effect, but, uh, uh, it's correctable with pills.
2: Good. Well, in, you know, there's a – I don't know if you've heard. There's a really neat way that is FDA-approved now. They are doing um, freezing, okay? So they can figure out where this – as long as you only have, you know, a small area of the prostate that has cancer, they can localize it, and they go in there with a, a freezing tip, and they freeze that site. And the nice thing about it is, if it didn't get it all, you go back in and freeze it again. And I think it's sort of similar to what you had um, in terms of just disrupting the tissue at that one particular spot where it is instead of taking out the whole prostate, the whole kit and caboodle.
3: Well, and, you know, the other thing
2: is, yeah, I'm sorry, the other thing is just, you know, some people don't even need to do anything. I mean, you know, your PSA is high and you got a couple of positives, you just watch it. I mean, it's a slow growing thing. Now, some people have very aggressive prostate cancer. It goes to the bones. They're the ones uh, that need to have aggressive treatment. But, you know, find a good urologist. Trust that person, him or her. And uh, the good ones will tell you when you don't have to do anything and just watch it.
9: Well, I psychologically living with it, with with my PSA numbers, I, I couldn't deal with it.
2: Oh, that's okay, too. It's your choice. And, you know, um, a good, a good physician will give people a choice. I know somebody who, um, didn't have a bad situation, who got their prostate taken out. Yeah. Because he said, I don't want this hanging over my head. Sure. And that's his situation. But as long as you can handle it and say, hey, doc says it's slow growing. I'll probably die of something else. Right. This won't kill me for 30 years and I probably won't live for 15 because I'm 80, 90 years old. You know, there's ways to do it. But I'm glad you did good. Did well. Excuse me. I'm going to be appropriate in my...
9: And um, I understand there's an even more advanced procedure called Tulsa Pro that's being done uh overseas now that uh, eliminates the the side effects of urethral strictures, Right. You know, post-surgery. Yeah. But I just wanted to share that. that,
2: Well, I'm glad uh, you did. It's a great story.
9: Folks should not get men should not get rushed into to to a major prostate prostateectomy. And, right. and
2: a real good urologist, you are, you are not neurologist, urologist will will not rush you. I mean, it, it, and that's a that is always a bad sign. Now cardiologists could rush you because you know impending in, in, in heart attack. Right. Uh, but they'll do it calmly. Right. But any right. doctor who's got a procedure that's not in uh,
1: emergency, I shouldn't ever rush somebody. Phil, thank you very much. Have a great day. God, God thank bless you, you. Both. I think the greatest part of the show is that people open up about things that they wouldn't ordinarily well, I, open. And, and who's, I was,
2: I was kind of hesitant to ask them. Yeah. You know, um, because it's still a taboo uh, in certain minds to talk about It's a, it's a big part of our lives. Right. And so we should be able to talk about it freely, not in a, you know, uh, prurient or dirty way. I right. Mean, it's it's a
1: medical issue. Bob in Smithfield, you are on Heart Health Radio. Oh, hey. oh, Dr. Efall. Hey. Hey, how are you?
5: Oh, I'm doing fine. Hey, I just got out of make- wake bed yesterday. Oh. It's only been one day, but I feel better than I've ever had.
2: Great. That was Dr. Natrabko, right? Right. Yeah. Well, um, tell us about your experience. Can I can I tell people about what you had?
5: Oh yeah, no problem.
2: Well, we were talking about AFIB, and he developed it AFIB. Me. How, how symptomatic were you, brother? Huh? How symptomatic well, were you?
5: Well, every time I sat down, I'd go to sleep. Even yeah, so, and I was always tired. Yeah, and I've been up to ever since five thirty this morning. I, I, I'm not tired. I'm not done. I feel like I got a lot of energy. Everything feels good.
2: Fantastic. Okay, so he had AFib, and uh, Doctor Natrebko, my buddy Pavlo, he did the ablation. Was your experience good with that? How many hours were you on the table? Uh,
5: I think I was on it a couple hours. Yeah, Wake Med is wonderful. I yeah. tell you, they're, they're good people there.
2: Yeah, I love it. And um, did you be, did you did you have a nurse who knew me? Because I you know I have been there in a couple of years. <laughs> They say no. Uh, nah, they didn't mention Weefia.
3: Okay. I asked
5: for the I asked for the dancing group, but they told me it'd be later.
2: Okay. Well, listen. The other thing is, uh, his electricity came back not a hundred percent normal, but I already know he had something called winky back, and I don't mean his he's winking at people. It's that the electricity sometimes was a little slow to get down <coughs> from the top to the bottom. It's not dangerous, so we're going to put a monitor on him for a couple weeks. And just make sure there's no uh, slowness that's too much.
1: There's a medical
2: condition called Winky Winkybock. Winkiebach, not but. Winkiebach. Now, it's a German's guy. His name was Winkiebach.
1: Oh, I'm not mocking his name. I just didn't yeah. know that so he keep is, that okay. yeah, as a name.
2: So, Winkiebach is a type of heart block where the electrical signal um, is, is delayed coming yes. from the top to the bottom. Now, it's not as dangerous, and sometimes you don't, most of the time, you don't need to do anything about it. Um, it's a particular thing that doctors pick up, but I think it's a great name Winky Bock Block. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like a fault. Oh.
1: Bob, we're very well, glad you're you feeling you better. Very much, thank you. Taylor,
2: right. I said hey.
1: Thank you. Yes. Telephone number right. here is 919 860 9783, Bertha from Sanford. Hi, Bertha. Hey, how are you? How are you doing today?
4: Well, I'm trying to find out what the machine was that you talked about earlier that you buy in the store that lights up when you have an A.
2: Yeah, the ET machine. So it's called a pulse oximeter, and what that
4: is, it's, it's it looks like a. that you're not coming clear.
1: Okay, I'm going to say it. Maybe it'll be clear. Pulse, which is of course your heartbeat. Pulse. Pulse. And then the 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 other word is oximeter. So
2: oxygen meter. And, Oxygen meter. Yeah. And it, it looks like a little alligator clip, okay? So it, it's it got these uh, two sides to it. You open it up, and there's a little meter, a reader, and you put it on your index finger or your middle finger, and there's a certain way it goes up or down, and it shines a light through your finger. And the okay. way that that – yeah, the way that that light is is changing because of the blood flow in your finger it can measure the oxygen level, and it can measure the pulse rate because that uh, your your arteries are pulsing. Yeah, go ahead. What did you want to ask?
7: Can you get
4: that at the drugstore? You
2: can get it at a drugstore mostly, so the real good ones, or uh, you can get it at a medical supply store, or you can order it online.
3: Um,
4: okay, great. And I've been trying to get a, a appointment with you, and – you never have an opening, and I really need to see a good doctor.
2: Okay, well, um, I, I, this, this COVID business has been crazy, and we're getting a lot of new patients. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Give your phone number to our man, and then when we hang up, and then I will call you personally on the way home and tell you what, what when to come in.
4: That is wonderful. You are wonderful. This program is wonderful. Well thank
1: you. Thank you, Bertha. It's all because of Dave.
4: It is. Thank you it's,
1: so much for being with us. It's the medical knowledge that I bring to the table every single day on Lord this have show. Mercy. I, you know what I'm, I've taken you to got,
2: do. Listen, have I not educated you? You
1: have educated me. You know what yeah. the funny thing is? Are
2: people coming to you for medical advice? We now? need
1: Bertha's telephone number, so let's get Bertha's telephone number. Yeah, you know what I do sometimes? I, I have my cell phone in my hand, and it's not connected to anybody, but I walk around my other job and I just spout medical advice.
2: You know what's going to happen? What? Someone's going to call your school yeah. <laughs> and make an appointment to see you, and they'll say,
1: Dave, when I do this, it hurts. Right,
2: right. And Dave's going to say, well, then don't do
1: that. And I'm walking back and forth and saying, no, it's not, it's monoclonal <laughs> antibodies. You don't want the, the other thing. You know, well, if you've
2: it, been listening, uh, and you, well, some people won't have heard the commercial, but Dave was on a commercial just a few minutes ago. Yeah. And I mean, you said if your roof was bad. Yes. Okay. Well, what about if your roof is bad? Uh, from, I know. If you're from Minnesota, can, it's a roof. can you still deal with the roof?
1: Yeah, later on today, we've got uh, Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is going to be on the, the, listen, the second that's show. That's a great oh, show. Oh, it is a great show, yes. It's a great show. I have to remember, it's not a medical show, so I don't mention any medical stuff. But
2: that's, yeah. that's Listen,
1: right. the phones have just done something we, we, four people. we've we never seen before. Okay, well, let's get them on. All right, I think Carl from Durham is next up. Carl, welcome to Heart Health Radio. How are you doing?
10: I'm fine. How are you guys? Good. Good. What's up? So there are a couple of things. One is this ox, ox meter, or ox meter, or yeah, oximeter, oximeter. Yeah, oximeter. Yeah, oximeter. There's an app that I have on my iPhone. Oh, cool. You you start it and you cover the camera and the light of the camera with the tip of your finger. Yeah. And so I had sort of had my doubts as if it were correct or not. And I had a doctor's appointment. And they put, you know put the thing on my finger. Sure. And I took my phone out, and it was absolutely identical to what they had. So it's kind of a cool app. Just right. You can get it through the Apple Store. The other thing, that I, the other reason I'm calling is about I was able to get an appointment to get a vaccine, and it was, I heard about it. I just happened to hear something on the news, and I had, this is through Duke, and I had Duke's hotline for the vaccine on my phone. Yes. And I heard that the governor had approved the vaccine. This was Thursday. So, as soon as I heard that, I I had been calling in and said, 75 and older, I'm 73. So, you know, that's just a number. But at any rate, I dialed that number, and I was on hold for 51 minutes, and a nice young man answered, and he offered me, uh, after going through all the questions and so forth, he offered me two options. One was Duke had availability on the, I think, maybe the 23rd, 24th of this month, but Wake Ned i mean duke wake uh or duke, duke raleigh
2: duke raleigh yeah
10: today at two thirty, and i'm in the parking lot now and what i sort of learned from that is that it's just a matter of luck and how long you hold and if you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to get through uh, yeah uh, and get the appointment
2: you're H- right how arm will travel
10: yeah well
2: yeah, that's, that's great true. you know what i just downloaded what's that i just downloaded a pulse oximeter
1: you get what? it off the app store i just did and let me just tell everybody about this pulse oximeter. Some of us don't remember medical terms very well. I googled pulse meter. Pulse and meter and it, it came up, you can buy them at uh, Walgreens for $34 or online cheaper. Uh, but you're right. If you've got a you know you're familiar with your uh, you know I, iTunes store or whatever it is. Yeah, I just went on the I,
2: I the App Store. We're
1: going to check for his AFib Carl, thank you.
10: Yep. Y'all have a great day. You're a
1: good man. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network.
3: Well,
5: you know you make me wanna. So kick my heels up and through my
1: head. I want to shout out everybody who's called this radio show so far today. It's been a terrific response. And if we talk any more about anything else, we won't get to the next people who are waiting on hold
2: one thing I'll say real quick is don't wait
1: right don't words, if we're
2: talking about something just still call in because we'll cut off of that and go to you
1: Darris who is calling from on the road how you doing yeah is it, uh, did I pronounce your name correctly
8: that's correct Darris
1: all right hey. what's up
8: well the reason I called in is uh I just uh, uh was running a chainsaw and I. Got in a truck after I was through, and the last three callers sounded like me, and I was going to call in <laughs> to tell you uh, my experience. The, uh, the when I picked up, uh, started a car, it was uh, you were talking about Haifu. Yeah, I had that uh, procedure done on uh, December the seventeenth. Had my um, catheter removed on uh, December the
1: twenty eighth. Daris, hold on uh, just a moment. You had a Haifu. Yes, uh, prostate. Prostate. prostate okay all right. i get it yeah all right yep. and then you had something else
8: yeah and also right after that uh and that doctor was Dr. Totora, and then dr natrebko gave me an ablation wow um
2: you mean you, you've right had both that,
8: it, 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 yeah
1: i've had both of those and then right after that
2: why didn't you have MD? you should have had dr natrebko remove your prostate and the other doctor, no 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 no, 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 no,
1: no. You get the you get the person with their specialty. Don't mix and match. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. How you doing?
8: Uh, I'm I'm fine. Wow. Um, uh The, the ablation uh, mine was a little different than his. I never had any trouble until I did a lot of physical exercise, uh. and, and then when I calmed down, my heart would go crazy. Yeah, that'll happen. And they and they never could catch it, and it got worse and worse. And finally, my, uh, I went to a heart doctor and then they sent me to tr- Tripco and put me on a monitor for a month and he knew exactly what it was.
3: Yeah. We when talked I about that. Mm-hmm.
8: I would almost pass out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my, my procedure was, he, he, he told me, well, I was under, it started at five o'clock in the morning and I woke up at four o'clock in the afternoon.
3: Yeah.
8: Mm-hmm. Um, he did 120 burns on four veins and he said it was a lot. Because they keep trying to make the heart um, get irregular and they keep burning until they can stop that.
2: Yep, they burn uh, till it learns not to be an issue. That's right. Wow.
8: Exactly. And uh, believe it or not, I walked out of the hospital in intensive care. I stayed one night. I got up, didn't even take a wheelchair. They said they'd have fired the nurse that let me get out of there. Um, The only thing that I had as an effect afterwards was um, I could tell I had a little inflammation around my heart. Yeah,
2: you had what's called pericarditis. Exactly. Did you,
8: yeah.
2: did you take colchicine? And
8: what's that again? Did you
2: t- did they give you a colchicine? Uh,
8: it's the one that they use also for gout. Yeah, That's colchicine.
2: The and the reason right. why is it helps reduce that amount of inflammation in the sac around your heart called pericarditis. And the reason why you get it is because you're burning... Um, the inside of the heart, but that heat also travels to the outside of the heart. And then there's that covering of the heart called the pericardium. Yeah. And so, colchicine helps prevent that.
8: And it is amazing, that drug, because the <laughs> only effect it stopped. I'm very active. I couldn't even stop. Yeah. I was, I stayed active, and that medication was about to run out after uh, five days, I believe. Yeah. And, when I take, took the last pill, the next day I immediately got on the phone and called in and to the nurse and said, I want that medication back.
2: A refill. Um,
1: yeah. A
8: refill. I yeah. can tell it. It's instant yeah. that my, uh, my heart the- felt
1: like it was swelling. All right. Um, well, Darius, I've got to get Belinda on the radio. She's in the waiting room. Okay. So Congratulations
2: you on your two success stories.
1: Thank you so much. All right. Take God care of yourself. You. Okay, Belinda, okay, okay, Belinda from Middlesex. Welcome to Heart Health Radio. How are you?
7: I'm doing good.
4: Thanks. My oh,
1: buddy,
2: my buddy.
7: I've
4: got a shout out.
1: Yeah, what's your shout out
4: to Dr. Franklin Weefer?
2: Oh Lordy, be
4: the best best doctor in the world.
2: Lordy, <laughs> well, you're the best patient. Belinda and I go way way back. Oh yeah. To her wonderful hubby. Yep. Who had a stroke and he had some heart problems. And let me tell you something. This is what I'm going to shout out Belinda for. Belinda's had heart problems. She's had stent. She's had, you know, all sorts of things going on. And her husband had a stroke. And he they used to ride all over the country in his semi. And he became very debilitated. And I've never in my life seen a more dedicated partner than Belinda. And, you know, God loves you for the love you have for your fellow man, but also for your spouse until death did they part that's right all i can tell you is belinda you you are just a wonderful human being and you know she's had multiple problems i've never heard her on a down note i've never heard her except of course when bill died um her husband but uh, she comes in the office and she's got chest pain and she's not doing well hi doctor we thought i love you yeah yeah (laughs) you know i put her in the hospital she gets fixed and you've been doing good lately, except oh, yeah. for except for a little pain from the arthritis.
4: Oh yeah.
2: But um, you shout me out, I'm gonna shout you out twice as as loud because oh. you're a wonderful person. Well,
4: you you keep me going.
2: You and- keep me going. <laughs> yeah, I mean every time you come in, I get my car payment done. So. Oh
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Belinda, thank you you're welcome, and y'all have a great
3: weekend.
7: Love you. Take care. Oh, Dr.
4: Weefel?
1: Yeah.
7: One more thing. Yeah. Do you think I would qualify? And I'm not quite 65 yet, but as soon as you get the vaccine, do I need to go and take it?
2: Yeah, and you'll be second up. As soon as they open it up, after they've done the 65-year-olds, you're going to qualify because you have a clinical condition that puts you at risk, your heart trouble.
5: But I'd rather for you to give it to me. Well,
2: I'm trying. And I mean, this is the thing that's so frustrating. I want to call Mandy Cohen herself. And Mandy, if you're listening, yeah. call.
4: Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I would I, I would feel safer. And uh, by the way, I want you to get it before
1: I do. Okay. No, I'm not doing that. No, you're going to Be- get it before me. Belinda, got to run. Peggy's Peggy's okay, waiting. Uh, all right. Peggy has right, already had her blood pressure checked, and she's spoken to the nurse. And now yeah. it's time for Peggy from Four Oaks on yeah. the radio. Hi, Peggy.
7: Yes, hello there. What Hi can there. we do for you? Okay, I, last week when we were listening to it, we understood, we might have misunderstood that y'all were going to talk about fatty livers on Ugh.
1: today's program. Never had in time. Peggy, hold on. You got two minutes to talk about fatty liver.
2: Okay, so this is something that has come to the forefront, and fatty liver is exactly what it sounds like, and your liver starts to fill up with fatty tissue, and um, there's it's being, I think, diagnosed more and more, and I'm, I think some of it's overdiagnosed, but it can be bad um, if if you have it for a long time. It can lead to what we call cirrhosis, or when I was at Johns Hopkins, they called it cirrhosis disease. Cirrhosis, yeah. Sirotis, yeah. But cirrhosis is when your liver goes to heck, and you know, a lot of people need a liver transplant. Your liver is a filter. It, it, it doesn't trap things, but it, as poisons come by, it produces these enzymes and chemicals that get rid of the poisons and then you get rid of them out of your body. But fatty liver, can, it can come from obesity and it can come from insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes. So it looks like it's a sugar problem. Uh, you build up sugar that's converted to fat. That builds up too much. Um, If you have fatty liver, then the number one way to treat yourself if you're not a serious diabetic – if you're diabetic, treat your diabetes and get it down. But lose weight and the no-no diet, uh, no white flour products, no sugar, no white potatoes, no white rice. And by that, I mean cut way, way back. And if you can do no, remember greens and meat are what you should eat. Fat does not give you fatty liver. There are some genetic diseases that can cause it. Um, and I won't go into those because uh, that's very, very rare. Um, alcohol. Okay. Alcohol really? not only kills your liver in huge amounts of alcohol, causes cirrhosis, but moderate to severe amounts of alcohol can build up fatty liver. So if you have fatty liver, you need to stay away from alcohol completely because it may be that your body reacts to alcohol even in small amounts and fills up the liver with fat
3: all right
7: all Peggy right. all right so thank you very much love so you have a pleasant afternoon I appreciate your you
1: too thank you we appreciate you and everybody else who called it's been a busy afternoon for phone calls I want everybody to know that you should probably call the first hour too you know or instead if you're if you were called call this this late in the show we're all done with the show essentially so do us a favor and Maybe consider that first hour. I love it. Because we didn't get almost anybody calling. But anyway, thank you. Bless you. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. We're going to talk to everybody next week on Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network.